What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of The Overview. I'm Jam Man V, and I'm joined today by Fish Sticks, my co-host Yo. and caster and and organizer of various Overwatch uh, events across uh, the community. And uh, I've got we today we've got two guests. We've got Doa, actually from all the way from Korea. He's a caster for I mean he's the, for esports now for a long time. Those of you that have been watching him recently, he's one of the top casters in the League of Legends space. But he's also been have you you've cast an Overwatch tournament, right? One one Overwatch tournament. Uh, I have not casted not any Overwatch. Yet. Not yet. Yet, soon. guys. Yes. Maybe. Soon. soon. TM. Soon, TM, right? Um, we'll see. <laughs> so, anyways, welcome to the show. Definitely a pleasure to have you on. And uh, Internet Hulk, so he's the captain of the best Overwatch team in the world right now. I think I can safely say that, and nobody would, no other uh, teams would start bashing on me because they've just been winning everything, Team Envious. So, uh, Hulk, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Well, we've got a ton to talk about today, guys. Uh, Blizzard announced, it was started off the day announcing a new character, um, at least a preview of a character that's coming out. And then they, they let us know that they were going to put it on the PTR today, too, as well as a bunch of patch changes, too, on the server. And uh, where those patch changes patch changes included balance changes as well as just some global changes too you know just to a lot of the characters so we're, we're going to talk a lot about that we're going to spend at least a, a decent portion on that and then we're going to talk about just news like we always do uh, event recaps like we do and then we're going to spend some time with doa getting uh, the kind of the asian recap of what's going on with overwatch and then lastly do a quick interview with internet hulk since we have him on here but okay let's start off with anna so Wow. Yes. Wow. So everybody was, uh, for a long time now, right, we've been talking about Sombra and, um, you know, basically every what we were talking about Sombra was that she was a healing sniper and all that stuff. And that's pretty much what she's ended up uh, turning out to be. Um, with a with a little bit of the sneak peek with that that graphic they gave like last week, we, we could kind of tell that there was a little bit of offense involved with her too. So that's basically what she is. She's like a kind of a hybrid, mostly a healer. But uh, let's talk about her abilities here. Let's uh, let me bring this up real quick. Um, actually, this this article doesn't show it. But first off, she just her normal shot is if you're if you're targeting an enemy you do damage and if you're targeting a teammate you heal so she shoots these little vials like these vials that that inject some type of serum into you uh and then her e is like a grenade that uh either does damage to the enemy and allows them to take uh or, and doesn't allow them to heal or if you cast the grenade on your teammates it uh, it heals them and allows for any healing to be boosted too. Uh, and then lastly, her um, ultimate is actually a single target ultimate that, that you cast on, on a teammate and it increases their speed, increases their attack damage, and uh, adds damage resistance to them. Uh, so yeah, anyways, first thoughts on Anna. Fish sticks, I'll let you start. Sure. Well, one of the things we've talked about on the show a number of times is that uh, not a, the support characters currently in the game don't really take a lot of skill to heal your teammates. It's either area of effect or you automatically lock onto them. Uh, and uh, if you go back and look at 
previous games that's sort previous FPS games that have these archetypes of medics and stuff like that. It's usually like a health pack that you throw at teammates that have to be picked up manually right. or thrown at teammates manually. Uh, so obviously this is a character that is a skill based healer. Uh, and it's even more so skill based than for instance, enemy territory or, or Wolfenstein because you have to aim and hit the, your teammates. They could be jumping around, dodging and weaving against the enemies. So um, right off the bat, it seems like this character is going to have a pretty damn high skill ceiling, not only for dealing damage, but also for just healing your teammates uh, as they're jumping around and dodging and weaving. So that's pretty cool. And she also has a couple of uh, interesting area of effects uh, abilities. You know, the grenade that you talked about, mm-hmm. uh, I think, is going to change team fights fundamentally. I mean, mm-hmm. once that's thrown into the middle of a fray, it's going to really force the enemies away from that uh, mm-hmm. that point. Uh, I mean, I haven't had a. Ch- I've been at work all day, unfortunately. I haven't had a chance to play on PTR yet, so I don't really know quite how wide the range is, how long it lasts, things like that. Uh, but it certainly seems like something that's going to affect a lot of team fights immediately. Yeah. Um, and that's just her E, right? So that comes back uh, every eight seconds, every ten seconds, something like that. Um, so she she's going to have a lot of influence over uh, the big team fights that happen. Um, oh, I, I left yeah. off one ability too, guys, which is the shift. Sure. It's the sleep, which actually puts right. a single target to sleep. Uh, and Super dude, fun. does that does yeah. that actually interrupt ultimates? Like, for mm-hmm. instance, Reaper's ult. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like a McCree flashbang in a way, right? It it's, or it's a way to stop McCree from across the map. Yeah, it's it's like it, but it's really interesting because um, you know you don't wake up from the sleep until you're, you've been damaged or it times out. And you stay asleep for quite a long time. Like, I think it's, it's like four, four seconds or five, five seconds. seconds. Yes, um, something like that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I, my experience, at least, playing with Ana or playing against her is that she uses it to get away and, and stop ultimates for the most part. Uh, so it's, it's unlike the stun from, you know, say, a McCree or a Roadhog where, you, you know, you just can't do anything. Like, you, you're going to die. Like, you just pretty much know you're going to die. With sleep, you're not necessarily going to die instantly. Because you're on the ground. Because the instant you get hit, you can take off, or you can, you know, just do something, right? So um, being damaged once you're asleep actually wakes you up. Mm-hmm, wakes you up instantly. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a lot of the CC in World of Warcraft, actually, where uh, yeah, if you turn somebody into a sheep, you know, they'll stay a sheep unless somebody hits them, and then they'll be immediately back to normal fighting ability. Mm-hmm. Or the hunter had to sleep as well. I the hunter? Yeah, hunter? Yeah, 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 that's right. A lot like that, yeah. Yeah. Or like freezing trap or yeah. what have you, you know. Yeah. But it's really cool to see it in Overwatch. And uh, like people are complaining a little bit about Anna's mobility, but Sleep Dart is really kind of her mobility ability because it lets her get away from people that are about to kill her, like a Genji or something. I think Fish Six, you talked about the skate cap uh, being involved with like throwing a grenade and also like aiming, aiming, mm-hmm. being uh, Anna being a healer that actually needs to aim. I think also part of her skill cap will be she has no escape really mm-hmm. so like if a winston if if she has probably let's say a genji and the tracer coming for her or winston um she will die if if it's only one winston or genji she needs to 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 sleep and and run mm-hmm. away yeah so it's like um the low skill involved as well in positioning yeah. so she does have a way to escape just with that sleep but but yeah. basically 1v1 yeah 1v1 other than 1v1 <laughs> the trailer was deceiving because they showed her on top of Anubis shooting down like like Widow, right? So I'm like, where's the grappling hook? When I like, got in there, and I was yeah. like, what button is the grappling hook? And I there was no grappling hook. So 
you cannot do that, guys. Those of you that haven't gotten a chance to go to PTR, you cannot grapple up to you know the top of buildings or pillars or whatnot. You, you will have to function mostly on the ground. I mean, her positioning on maps is probably going to be pretty similar to Zenyatta, honestly, because Zenyatta kind of relies on those long, narrow corridors to fire down, and that's going to favor her as well. So I think in terms of like play style, it'll probably be pretty similar as far as like where you are on the map, you know? Yeah. Hulk, have you gotten a chance to play much of it? Yeah, I played like three or four matches today on PTR. It was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I feel like... Um, in the beginning, she felt really strong, but after like four matches, yeah. it felt like the damage and healing is not really that strong. Mm-hmm. But her abilities are super good, so I yeah. think I think I she's in a, in a good place. Yeah, dude, yeah. ultimate on a Genji ultimate. Oh man, no, I no. got wrecked on so win- many <laughs> times. Oh, win- Winston, <laughs> Winston, <laughs> Reinhardt are gonna be the big ones. I think. Oh, yeah, Winston. no, I think Gen- Genji Genji will be the most broken one. Like oh, Genji man, with sword, and then it's like just throw a Zenyatta orb on top of it and. Or we got wiped twice by that. Like when I played on the sky, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy good. You know, the most annoying thing with Anna that I've found so far is that like when I'm trying to finish somebody off and one of my teammates steps in front of my shot and I healed him <laughs> accidentally, I'm like, no, get out of the way. I'm going to kill that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. It's hard to tell so, in PTR right now too, because well, I, we were, I was playing quick play. So I wasn't, I, I didn't play in competitive mode just because I didn't know how many people were playing in it. Uh, so I had a lot of like, you know, three man on us, four man on us. I haven't gotten a chance oh, just yeah. to play with this a single one. I'm sure it's quite different <laughs> when there's a single one. Who well, do you I think? Mean, this is a this is a character that's going to take team coordination because, yeah. as you said, Hulk, uh, her her abilities are really what sets her apart. But sleep, it's not. You know, you can't actually kill somebody when they're asleep. It's going to be something that you use to knock someone out of a team fight, perhaps, or to use use to escape her AOE abilities. Uh, I mean, it sounds like they're really going to be most useful when your team is coordinated, pushing as one, and you're collapsing on a fight as one. So mm-hmm. most of her abilities seem to be highly team coordination based. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, I actually wonder how good of a healer she's going to be. It's going to be goddamn it's... difficult to heal. Like, let's say your Genji is going deep on on enemy lines mm-hmm. uh, and is way in the back line. You know, she's a sniper. And she's going to be able to heal Genji from really long distance, but it's going to be something that you only see out of really high skill players, I think. I mean, I think Hulk, what do you can... think? Do you think she's? Do you think her kit's really strong or weak or middle or, or too early to tell? I think her kit is pretty strong. She herself is like probably situational. I can see her work way way better on offense, and I think mm-hmm. we'll see a lot more of triple, maybe even quad support. Honestly, because like wow. Zenyatta is coming back as well, and. Um, I feel like the bi- biotic grenade can actually counter Zenyatta. Like, the Zenyatta will, yeah. the yeah. ulti got buffed, right? And mm-hmm. you want your team to clump up in your ulti and move forward with Zenyatta and then be like unstoppable. But then you just throw a biotic grenade in and, and counter completely. And then I think there's a lot of fun stuff. Also, I feel like there will be some finals where, you know, like teams duke it out and then you have like one Ana player in every team and then you have like this. Um, <laughs> The sleep dart, and your team just gets, <laughs> gets the guy out of sleep, and you just fuck up the team fight. Yeah. It's going to be fun. You know, I, I think I, like uh, good Anna's will, you know, like when you'll get in a good position, then when you see the enemy team pushing in, you'll like sleep the mercy in the back line or something. Yeah. So she'll just mm-hmm. like sit there. You know, that's, you need to like take the people on the outside of the fight out where they're not going to get accidentally hit by your teammates. Yeah. But yet they need that person to stay alive to win that push. So. Yeah. I think that's what good Anna's will get good at doing. Or yeah. even a Farah who, who just used shift and just uh, flew, uh, flew in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you catch her and she falls on the ground and you don't use... 
I mean, you're a pretty awful mother at that point, but <laughs> it works, right? That's, the, the skill cap actually might, or the skill involved might be uh, trying not to hit the Anna targets when they're asleep. That can be difficult sometimes in the middle of things. You know, one thing that I haven't gotten a ch- chance to try out is that I think some people were saying that you can't, you could, pot, you can sleep somebody maybe throw your grenade and then killed them as Anna. I'm not sure if that's enough damage or not, but um, I have heard of some people being able to just kind of want, like combo that and pull it uh, There's a video on the competitive Overwatch subreddit right now that's uh, sleep them and then you go uh, left-click melee grenade and supposedly it does around 200. Okay, wow, all right. That's good. I yeah. mean, that's a good way to handle that energy <laughs> that's sneaking up on you, right? So That's true, that's definitely true. Uh, yeah, so Anna, I mean, I, I think Anna is going to be uh, something that, that people try out quickly. It might even be, Hulk, do you think that uh, um, a lot of the Widow players are going to transition to this? Or do you um, think it's it's still more of a support kind of thing? Because it is I think scan, it's still more of a support. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's still more of a support role, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want your best aimer. Because, like, McCree, like, other characters are coming back that need um, a lot of aim, too. Yeah. And, um... I don't know. I feel like teams are already set with their with their roles. For example, I'm playing flex, and then I have like two support players, and it would be kind of weird to to move a support player on offense right now, mm, just okay. so we can have our widow play on. Okay. Uh, well, not only did we get a new character, we got a lot of balance changes to uh, some of mostly to characters that were getting very little love. Uh, just I guess to put it nicely in the current metagame. And uh, kind of going in order here, this is the uh, the patch notes that they released today. So I figured we just go in order here. Uh, some general updates. So with Overtime, they've actually, um, if, if the match goes tw- uh, more than 20 seconds of Overtime, the fuse will start burning down fast. And then the actual player respawns will slow down. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I this think is a, it needed This is it. a great change, yeah. I mean, it's something that... I don't know, the competitive community has been somewhat vocal about their their feelings about overtime for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's actually coming at an interesting time because we haven't talked about this yet. But along with these changes, all of these changes, there are so many balance changes, but also game type changes. Um, along with these changes, also they're implementing one hero limit in competitive. Yeah, that's so mm-hmm. overtime was really the, the most annoying when you had you know four divas or four tracers and that's not really possible anymore. So, not really, not totally sure if this change was necessary in with it, with the context of one hero limit. But I don't think anyone can really argue against the fact that like it should theoretically, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be possible to just extend overtime indefinitely at the end of matches. So I think it's a good change. Uh, but you know, we'll have to we'll have to play with it to make a final judgment. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest story here is that they're just they're doing something, right? I mean, something needed to change with overtime. It couldn't like keep going indefinitely like it did. So, I agree that like maybe it is a little bit too much since there's a one year limit in competitive. But I don't know. I, th- I think it's good they're doing something. Hulk, as a player, what yeah, do you think? I've, I think mainly one hero limit was the issue because of the diva stack. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it seems pretty good. So yeah, pretty much what Fishstick said. So it doesn't like. Oh, the divas on Hanamura. forever. <laughs> no more of those. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that was, that was a beautiful video you made there, Hulk, <laughs> or at least the video <laughs> that was made of you doing it. Um, oh, yeah, so let's talk about the uh, one hero limit change to competitive mode. So this kind of marks a big statement, in my opinion, just from, from Blizzard, because for the longest time, and we talked 
like endlessly about this on on this show in past episodes. Uh, they've always been about you know, no hero limits. Stacking, you know, this part of Overwatch is being able to switch characters and figure out, you know, just what kind of combinations it is. And and then it's up to the other team to adapt, right? Uh, so it started off with a change in the ESL show, Atlantic Showdown earlier this week where, um, you know, they, they originally started with no, no hero limit uh, as well as just this interesting scoring system that wasn't stopwatch, but they decided to go with one hero limit at that, that point. And, and Nate actually made a statement, right, and, and uh, posted it in Discord for us. So that was the first sign that maybe, you know, maybe Blizzard's changing their minds. Uh, but this, I think, makes like a definitive statement that they have changed their minds in terms of, uh, you know, hero stacking and things like that. And they obviously think that single hero, uh, or at least uh, hero limits, or single, yeah, single hero limits are basically the way to go for competitive Overwatch. Uh, so, thoughts on that, Ben? I'm shocked. I did not <laughs> think that Blizzard was in a cave on this one. I didn't. At least either, not this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, I have a unique position because I know a lot of the people at Blizzard personally, and I really didn't see this one coming at all. Like, I, kn- I knew that there a lot of folks on the on the Overwatch team were very insistent that. The game was best played with no hero limits, and you know, frankly, I've I've been ambivalent. I've been, you know, I've I can see both sides to the argument. Um, yeah, the diva spam was getting a little bit ridiculous. The tracer spam on King of the Hill was getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, but I, you know, I I ultimately like I think there's ways that they could have balanced it for maybe two hero limit, um, or you know, just adding more characters might have mitigated things, but. Blizzard came out with a huge statement here. Yeah. Uh, they've, I, I mean, ca- maybe caving isn't the right word. It, that's too derogatory, but they've listened to the community. Um, and this is this has been like probably one of the biggest things that the competitive community has uh, been pushing for for a long, long time now. Um, but really, I mean, I just watched the games. I'm curious to know what Hulk yeah. you think about this. Um, you know, what what does your team feel about one hero limit versus no hero limits and did you guys enjoy playing with no hero limits? Uh, you, you're a big fan of this, I can see. Yes. Um, no, we didn't enjoy no hero limit. It's it was always kind of stupid, even in beta. It like uh, what combos did we had in in beta? People played double McCree, double Winston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucio, it started off with like yeah. double Reaper, double Winston, yeah. double Lucio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We kind of crushed it pretty early because we weren't the team that came up. I think the old Envy played us with it. And they crushed us the first day, but then the second day we countered it. But it's always something that I feel like it's, I don't know, it's its just horrible to play against. It's horrible to watch, and it's probably horrible to, horrible to cast. So um, one hero limit was definitely needed. Um, I'm, I'm surprised, though, that they uh, implemented it for competitive. I was, I only really, since I'm a competitive player, I only really cared for tournaments, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, well, if Blizzard wants to, wants to, you know, like everyone who wants to who wants to open Overwatch play for fun, go into ranked mode, and you know, if someone picks McCree, Instalocks McCree, and he cannot play McCree, but he only wanted to play McCree, he should be able to. But then again, I mean, if people want to play for fun, they can go to quick play, and ranked is more for players who want to rank up, I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I imagine this will actually convert. I, I, there's a portion of competitive players who are probably just going to go back to quick play now, because you know, there's a lot of people that only play. 
Anzo, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's probably true. Well, we, we might not necessarily miss them. So, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, Doa, as a caster, you know, one, one of the things that I've always felt that a uh, single hero limit uh, was really good for is telling storylines. Like, t- who's the best Widowmaker in the world? Or sure. who's the best, you know, soldier in the world? And, and it allowed for that when you didn't have literally like four w- soldiers playing at the same time, four tracers playing at the same time. Uh, what do you think I mean, as a caster? I think I think you would have still seen the cream uh, rise to the top, you know, no matter what, even if it was still, you know, multiple of the same heroes allowed. But I think it's just it just makes the game a lot less cluttered from a viewership experience. It certainly makes the game uh, seemingly a lot more easily balanceable from a competitive sort of perspective. And uh, as a caster, I don't know, it's, it's just going to be so much easier to know that this guy is on this hero and I don't have like four of the same hero that yeah. look the same. And I'm like trying to like read the name tag in the middle of a fight or something. It's like as a cast, it'll be much, much easier. And I think it'll be better for the viewer too, just to kind of keep track of what's going on. And I think it's going to be more interesting from an analytical perspective, because when you force that one hero limit, you force teams to really, you know, kind of put together playbooks and put together compositions for this point on this map or this point on this map. So it gives you so much more to talk about as a caster too. So I think it's great. And I'm, I'm glad uh, Blizzard did it. Yeah, I, I will say that the recent trend of double Zarya, like all the time on most maps, <laughs> especially King of the Hill, that alone, you know, has warmed me up to the one hero. Limit. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah, play. for sure. Yeah. You're always in the Tobelstein. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Okay, well, moving on, uh, let's talk about some of the uh, the balance changes here. Um, oh God, so many! <laughs> I know. Here, here we go. Oh so, first one. The first one's a big one. The first one's but a general one too. Yeah. So the first one's a general one too, and it says self healing abilities now charge ultimate abilities. As a result, some heroes' ultimate costs have been adjusted, which we we, we will see a little bit below. But that's a big deal. Like, you know, obviously characters like Roadhog and Soldier, I mean, you know, you're going to see them buffing and hope, hopefully these percentages are making up for it. But I'm, I have a feeling that they're not, they didn't make up, like it's not an even makeup, you know, in terms of probably the statistics. Uh, we'll have to see, but just from what I've been playing, I still feel like I'm getting the ultimates a little bit faster just with the 10 games, 15 games I've played. Uh, wh- yeah, what do you think of that, Hulk? Like getting a chance to buff your ultimate just by healing. I mean, the ultimate cost for Rotok got increased by 45%, so I'm not sure. Yeah. I think that makes up for it, but Soldier 10% seems like... Yeah. I think Soldier should should get ulti faster now. So Yeah, that's what I noticed. Soldier. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, Especially, honestly, yeah. I don't think that this change is going to impact things a ton because yeah. theoretically they mitigated it so that everyone who has self-heal has to... It takes more to build their ultimate. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I kind of... In my head, I just liked the idea of like when you when two teams are posturing around a point, doing poke damage doesn't necessarily help your team. In fact, it can help the other team uh, build their mercy res, build their ultimates, whatever. Right. right. Um, except, so so the so the fact that when a Roadhog used his own self heal, that didn't build ultimate. I liked that because I don't like the concept of poke damage without getting a kill. Is is almost pointless in Overwatch. It's, it's actually counterproductive in, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the fact that there were at least at least the characters that had self heals, like them healing themselves, wouldn't build more ultimate. But I mean, ultimately, I don't I don't think this is going to change things a whole lot. Um, but I, I got to admit, just without trying it, I'm not a huge fan of this change. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. 
I uh, I don't think it'll change the game a, a whole lot in general. And as far as like poke damage not mattering, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Just because the idea with poke damage isn't to do a little bit of damage and then it gets healed up and then do a little damage. It's it's to like do consistent pokes of damage to slowly push them away. Right. So. Uh, if you're doing the poke damage correctly, I feel like the fact that they're building alts, you're building alts at the same right. time doesn't really matter because it's still more about positioning and posturing with your team rather than the actual damage that's being done. It's about like taking points on the map, I feel. so. And like most po poke damage right now, I mean, seeing that most, I mean, what's being played right now, mostly Farah, is uh, I don't think Farah really tries to poke. Farah really tries to like double hit two rockets in a row, and then the target is pretty much dead anyway. Mm -hmm. Can't really get healed in between. You get boosted. So I feel like most poke kinda tries to get a pick more than just poke. It should, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, sure. Or like yeah. even if you even if you poke like with a soldier, you still poke with soldier Farah and something else in your team, and you try to like poke the same target and then kill it. Right. Right. Okay, uh, next one, the Bastion. The ultimate costs 10%. I mean, uh, I think that's pretty good. I, this, that's the, good. the Bastion tank's always strong, so it, it's... It might be, like, the best ult in the game. The yeah. most underrated ult. Bastion can ultimate. heal himself, right? So Sorry. Yeah, I think that's yeah. to mitigate the healing thing, because he yeah. does a lot of Oh, yeah, healing. right. Yeah. Oh, true, true. Um, okay, so, well, the next one is D.Va. Okay, so D.Va, holy smokes, man. So I played yeah. a lot of D.Va in the PTR, and th these changes are huge <laughs> to D.Va. And this is, I think this has a lot to do with just D.Va wasn't getting played that much, uh, maybe just across the board. Uh, but the changes that we're seeing, guys, Defense Matrix is one of the big things. Uh, it's a huge change. So instead of it being like your E now, it's your secondary fire button. Which took me a second to realize that, by the way. I was like pounding on E from when I first got in there. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, but yeah, so you hold down the E now. It, it feels like a Reinhardt shield mixed with like a Farah, you know, the, the Farah levitation. You just her her uh, space bar. Um, so imagine that. So imagine holding down the, the matrix and you have this like bar that kind of runs down as you hold the matrix up. So you can actually flash it or you can hold it down for a long time. You have the ability to do that. The cooldown's only a second now or. Yeah, it's a second, it's right? It's one second. Yeah, it's exactly I think it should second. be reduced to nothing, though. Because uh, yeah. essentially they've made it sort of an alternative Reinhardt shield uh, yeah. in that it's something you put up you know, to, to soak damage. But uh, you can't really use it like Reinhardt shield because it's got that one second cooldown. I was playing a little bit of her uh, this morning before the show. so And that felt like really awkward to me because I, I felt like they want D.Va to kind of be sort of an alternative Reinhardt and get in there and block damage and be able to help your team push forward. But by having that one second cooldown, you have to like keep taking defensive positions and all that. So I kind of want to see that one second removed down to zero like Reinhardt's shield. It, it could be too powerful if it had no, like a zero cooldown because you could literally just yeah. tap it. Anytime a rocket's coming at you, just tap it or a junk rat, you know, grenade or something. And you're just like literally, you know, just, just... Uh. They could, outplaying they could, those characters. They could fix that, though, by changing how fast it drains, you know? Hmm. Okay. Well, that's half of it. So what do you guys think of the defense matrix change? Hulk? I think... Um, I played D.Va one match today on the PTR, and mm -hmm. um, I like the change. I'm just not sure how much stronger it is um, hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I really enjoy the change. Yeah. It, um, it's way cooler to play with your team. You can, You can, yeah... It definitely you play feels a lot around better. the defense matrix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, and Diva has been good against Farah in competitive also for a while, but Diva 
overall was just kind of lackluster. You always kind of wanted Winston over Diva, right. so right. Um, I, I feel like she's. I feel like she's got to be the Farah killer now, right? Because you can just tap it for a split second, absorb a rocket while you're coming in, do some damage, and then when the next rocket comes in, tap again. I mean, I don't know. I, I need to is play with it. Is there enough time, though? The one second? Yeah, I, maybe there isn't enough time. Yeah, for that's second, where the one second yeah. comes you in. Could, you yeah. could mitigate every other rocket, probably, right? Yeah. Every other I think rocket. McCree's I, the, yeah. I think McCree's the Farrah killer now, but we'll get to that uh, change oh, later, yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Uh, so the other change to D.Va was, and I think this one's surprisingly a lot bigger than I expected it to be when I was playing today, but the ultimate costs 15% less, so you're going to be seeing a lot more. But on top of that, the explosion's delay is reduced from 4 seconds to 3 seconds. Uh, and then on end, Diva doesn't die from the actual explosion, too. So she can literally just stand there now, right? And not have to That's run away. Sad. And and uh, And do that. But what I've noticed, like, when I was playing it, I could just, like, you know, just boost right into there and almost kind of like Reaper style and then just like throw down the nuke and then a lot of people just could not get away in three seconds or at least like maybe 50% of the, of the folks couldn't get away versus like 100%. So for me, it went from being the worst ultimate to not the worst ultimate, which is a pretty big deal for D.Va. I don't know. What do you guys think? Duh. I think it's... Or, or go ahead. Oh. Hulk. Actually, Hulk, go ahead. Yeah. I think it's... Uh... The big part about this uh, about this buff is that she doesn't die from her own explosion. Yeah. So, especially on point capture, when you're defending or attacking the no, point, you would just yeah. throw your ulti, and everyone runs away. And while they're running away, you just like go in ba- baby diva mode, hunt them down, and headshot them. It's <laughs> like, I think that's pretty pretty good. And uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's the biggest change. I mean, the four to three second, I really didn't notice it, and I, mm-hmm. I read I read up okay. on the patch after I played her. Mm-hmm. So it's probably really good, but I still think people will be able to run away. But it's just that you're able to hunt them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. I like it overall. I like that it's a little bit harder to escape from because it seems like in a in a, a a match with good players, you would just never get kills with a diva mm-hmm. ultimate. Yeah. And even in a match with not so good players, if you got a kill with a diva, you're like, whoa! I killed somebody with my diva. That's amazing. But I'm kind of I'm a little bit sad that she doesn't die to her ult anymore because it was kind of like a fun part of playing her, which is like, oh no, I know I have to run and hide too. But I can see why they changed it. I, I don't think it's a bad change, but it's it'll make her just a little bit less fun to me. Yeah, can you imagine if there was hero stacking with you? <laughs> oh my goodness, it would be insane with all these nukes. Uh, no, I, I can't wait to try Diva now. I, I yeah. really I I really like what they did with her defense matrix. Maybe the ultimate thing is more impactful, but uh, I just think it's like a it's an interesting way to make her her defense matrix more skill based. Uh, you're gonna have the ability to read the situation and save defense defense matrix uh, cooldown for you know later on in the same fight, which was not possible before. So I think that's really awesome, and anything that adds additional ability to exhibit more skill with these characters, I think, is gonna be a good thing. Well, that's that's absolutely right, man. Because I mean, the thing is, is that they didn't change how you can play Diva now. You can still play her the same way you play her now, but mm-hmm. they just added more ways to utilize her, which is great. It, she actually just feels better. Like it, it's it's hard to describe, Ben. But then the moment you play her, you'll know what I mean. It's just her whole matrix just feels more natural. It's very different. You, yeah, the way you actually use it now, it just feels more natural than it used to be. And- it always. It always felt like whenever I use defense matrix, it's like, 
Oh my god, I'm stuck in this defense project. It lasts so long. I just wanted to block this, and and now you're stuck. And now you can actually like use it way more often. Than right. You're not exactly. stuck in it. Mm-hmm. Definitely good. All right. Next up, Lucio. Just some basic something to make up for the self heal. Um, McCree. Okay, so McCree. Now they they changed Peacekeeper to. I believe what it used to be, right? Which was full damage at longer distance. Maybe not the f- like completely the old one, which was I think it was full damage just any distance. That was probably the yeah. original one. Uh, but it's so, yeah. it's a much longer distance, something comparable to Soldier at this uh, at this point, which is huge. I mean, this this is like great against things like Farah and you know maybe Hanzos and things like that. The I'm new McCree feels so he feels so good to play. I played him a little bit on the PTR, <laughs> and you can actually. Yeah. Because when you play McCree, you want him to be like a mid-range sniping kind of character, I feel like, with the left click. And now I can like finally do that. And yeah. where everyone on the other team is playing Anna and Zenyatta right now, it's just like a field day for McCree's left click. It's great. <laughs> Hulk, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I didn't play him on PTI yet, but I think it's... Uh, I'm not sure. How, how long is the range, though? Like... I don't know, but it feels really long. It is long. It feels long. long. Yeah. So McCree is probably... Sees a lot of plays soon, and um, yeah, I mean, um, McCree's actually the only character that if he gets the new mercy boost, which is like fifty percent, he will he will be able to one shot people mm-hmm. uh, with two hundred HP with headshots. That's crazy. That is, yeah, that's totally nuts. That yeah. is nuts, and and we we're gonna see something with Soldier a little bit lower too. That yeah. might mean McCree replacing Soldier in a lot of these these comps that we're seeing too. Uh, Especially with soldiers' nerfs, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Mercy's next. So the, these are pretty interesting. And there's one actually I really, really just been wanting for a long time, which was Guardian Angel. Uh, first off, Caduceus Staff. So the damage boost has been increased from 30 to 50%, which is... How it was when the game yeah, the beta launched. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. In, in, in line with know, that. man. <laughs> this is crazy. It's in line with that, in line with Discord, just just that that whole, you know, just the aspect of it. Uh, this was way too powerful before it went in beta. So I'm really surprised that they're bringing this, this back. And I didn't actually think it was needed. Hulk, did you feel like Mercy damage boost was too weak? No, I think... No, I think I think it was okay. Um, this might be okay too, but I didn't do the math on most characters yet. I only know about the McCree, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it makes a lot of difference for Farah. Obviously, Farah does way more damage to tanks than, but she still needs to two shot all the other characters, mm-hmm. and she already one shot the tracers. So I'm not sure if it makes a huge difference, but obviously, yeah, gonna be gonna be crazy yeah, the, yeah there's gonna be a lot of happy pharahs and uh soldiers or you know just whatever dts characters that they're boosting even reapers right even recently um yeah, i don't know I mean, if i'm a fan of this i mean mercy is already almost a must pick based on just her ultimate um they made her slightly better her ultimate slightly better in that she can survive it which i yeah. think is awesome totally great mm-hmm. she shouldn't have to die every time she uses her ultimate that's great <laughs> uh, but this, this just like, it already sucks getting hit by like a random mercy boosted spam rocket from around a corner anyway, but it's just going to hurt that much more. Um, and I, I don't know. Well, let's we'll see. Uh, it, it seems, it seems, I mean, we, I remember what it was like in yeah, the too. first phases of the beta when it was 50% and it was pretty intense. And the main reason they nerfed it was because widow and, and mercy were able to one shot body shot people, uh, which was too much. But um, I don't know. This seems like a bit much to me. 
Uh, and if you you actually if you actually watch the Yahoo esports video, the interview that they did with Scott Mercer, he basically says that uh, paraphrasing that they did this because in a lot of cases it was better for the Mercy just to pull out her pistol and shoot, and they wanted her to be damage boosting instead, which is a kind of really? interesting justification for it. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I, I kind of. Okay. I kind of wish they would have went the other way, like booster pistol Me damage, too. because yeah. I think that would have made her more interesting character to play, where you really had to make that decision, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think the damage boost is really necessary per se. And I mean, you talk about like Junkrat getting uh, boosted as well; he's just going to be spamming grenades and stuff. And if you look at like this change along with like what Anna can do with like stopping healing altogether for a short time and all that, it just seems like. If these changes go live, and I don't think the Mercy change is going to, I think they're, I would imagine they're probably going to change it or reduce it. But if these changes were to go live today, I think you would just see games where people just die a lot faster in general. Yeah, which I'm not sure is a good thing. Uh, but speaking of people dying and, re- and her resurrecting them, uh, ultimate charge is going to be increased by 30%, which uh, I think is a good It's a definitely I'm so a good for thing. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I saw way too many reses. Uh, and uh, or people just getting better people have gotten better with mercy just over time right ever since the whole uh radius change so definitely needed something to um adjust for that uh movement is no longer pervert prevented during activation so that's good definitely good it's kind of what you were talking about ben but the thing i like the most is guardian angel instantly resets so i really like that because it just drove me crazy that i just couldn't you know, couldn't fly whenever, uh, you know, just whenever I was like in trouble. A lot of times uh, after I've just, I'm just trying to get away from a Tracer or a, Mer- or a Genji or something like that. So this will make Mercy even harder to kill. Uh, and that's a great thing for, for a lot of support players out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how many times have you like been trying to Guardian Angel over to somebody to heal him or like to get away from something and like your Genji just happens to dart across in front of you right when you hit it and you go to him? And you go like five meters, and then you have to wait for <laughs> yeah. the cooldown, and you die. Yeah, it's going to be nice to not have that happen anymore. Yeah, at least a nice quality of life type of thing. Okay, uh, next up, Roadhog. Uh, just another adjustment uh, for this. This one's pretty close. I didn't really notice too much of a change with the ultimate for Roadhog. All right, Soldier seventy six. So this is a, a, a an actual nerf to Soldier seventy six. One of the few nerfs that we've seen. Uh, so the heavy pulse rifle. The spread recovery will actually begin after a short delay, uh, which for folks I don't really understand it. Uh, with soldier, uh, you know, most uh, all the great soldier players, what they do is they they fire four shots, right, and then they they stop for like a split second and then start up firing four shots again, and you get this nice little pulse. And with with soldiers shooting straight, like literally hitting, you just almost a hit scan with that. Versus when when you hold it down past four bullets, you, you start spreading and you start having a, a radius of shots. So this is going to just kind of mess up the tempo, right, of, of the pulse, the the actual pulsing. Uh, I haven't actually gotten a chance to figure out what you know how much of a change it's been because I played soldier maybe once. Uh, but Hulk, have you tried soldier since on PTR at all? No, I have not. Does okay. this mean though, if you if you mess up, um, if you sh- shoot more than four bullets, and yeah. it will uh, cover after like a few seconds, so you kind of mess up. But if you, if you, yeah. like, let's say you only shoot uh, pulses of three oh, bullets I all see, the time, right? right. Yeah, that's a good question. It, right? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, so it's it's only it's only bad if you go over. If if yeah. you stay still within the four, then it's okay. Yeah, actually, that make that that's probably right. 
So it might not actually punish like good Soldier seventy six yeah, players yeah, all that yeah. much, but I haven't mm-hmm. tested it myself, so I, I don't know for sure. But yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good point. I wonder. Yeah, it's probably a very small nerf. Then it's not too bad, at least from the pro standpoint. Um, all right, tactical visor. So this is the one that I think isn't probably isn't adjusted correctly. Uh, for, uh, just the ten percent because I, I, the the alts seem to be charging up a little bit faster than the normal when I was playing it. Uh, but we'll have to see. Uh, how that ends up going. Zenyatta, we've got... Okay, Zenyatta, I feel like, is the other character that got yeah, just big one. crazy oh boost. Hooray! Yeah, Demon Zenyatta, right? And by Dude. the way, I just want to interject and say that yeah. I believe that we talked about this exact... Well, not, <laughs> yeah. not, this, not the transcendence changes, but yeah. the other changes, uh, more or less. I think everybody's been asking for this yeah. stuff yeah. for a long time. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like kind of a no-brainer. It's just Zenyatta is so squishy. But uh, now he's got 50 extra HP. He's got 200 HP yeah. just like everyone else. And mm-hmm. it's 150 shields as well. So basically, like, Zenyatta can get almost killed and then back off and, and heal fully just from his shields. Um, but, of course, guys, uh, you know, you probably all know this. If you're tuning into this podcast, you're probably pretty hardcore. But Zenyatta <laughs> was really a glass cannon. He was a healer that could heal at a decent rate. But his Discord orb also made it so big tanky uh heroes went down super super fast but he was so weak that uh a winston could jump on him if you hit the winston jump uh, and hulk knows this very well if you hit the winston (laughs) jump and start shocking zenyatta died in about three quarters of a second um so now he's brought with into parity with all the other 200 hp characters which is crazy because he actually does a ton of damage for support he's does more damage than any other support by far so all of a sudden to me uh, this change alone makes me feel like he's going to be used on attack very frequently. But this mm-hmm. is not the only change that was introduced at all. Uh, they also buffed uh, Transcendence, his ultimate, in two different ways. They made it so when you're tr- using Transcendence, you move twice as fast, <laughs> which is so kind of crazy. You're going to see so Transcendence funny. just like zipping around. Uh, but it also heals uh, 50% quicker so it already healed really fast. So people within your radius are basically going to be invincible and you're going to be moving faster. Uh, so, so Transcendence is just going to be so powerful now. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Enough. You still die to tires cool. though, right? Oh, yeah. yeah you're still going to die to yeah, tires. That's, 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 there's a big difference not, between invincible. Not much else. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and one little thing too, where just the the speed of the orbs is—it's almost instant at this point. Like you, you barely I'm even really see the balls. Happy about that you barely actually. even see the balls go out now. It's just like you know, instant heal, instant discord, which is that's actually cool. the one I'm the most happy about. Oh, I think that's, okay. that's because, huge. Yeah, I think it's huge too. Yeah, definitely. And I've—I mean, Zenyatta's been like my main support since. I started playing Overwatch and it's it's been like there was definitely a steep learning curve where I just like died constantly. But once you start to get your positioning good and your aim gets good, he becomes so strong. Like I play him on attack on everything when I play competitive. And it's mm-hmm. uh, so now I, I agree that like on the pro level, he's probably going to start getting picked more. But he was already like, I think, one of the mm-hmm. most underrated characters in the game. He was just a little bit too fragile. Well, picked more. Yeah. I mean, there was one whole weekend, I believe, that he was not picked a single time, which is the only character. Even Hulk didn't pick him. Okay, Hulk picks everybody. All right, so Hulk didn't even pick him. But that says a definitely. You're gonna a pick lot. him now? No. <laughs> no. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> well, with Anna coming out, I don't know. I'd rather but go with you or something. I think I, I almost feel like they've gone a little bit too far. I mean, I am. I've said it probably half dozen times on the show. I'm in total support 
of a support character that can actually frag, and that's what Zenyatta is now. Um, but I feel like they almost went a little bit too far. We'll have to see. Uh, uh, but I guess kind of the silver lining here is that, you know, Mercy got a, a, a probably a buff. Um, mm, Zenyatta's gotten a buff. Yeah. Anna seems really interesting. So, you know, in previous months or weeks or months, it was basically like, oh, you pick Mercy and 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 Lucio and that's it. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it's I think you're going to start to see a lot of diversity in the supports picked uh, as they're all looking kind of interesting all of a sudden. Yeah. Except symmetric. Except Except Symmetra. Symmetra. Well, Symmetra is still oh, very yeah. situational. That's, yeah, That's the next well, one. Well, she's, sure. she's fun on certain maps. I think she's <laughs> yeah. uh, is like the uh, capture point on defense. I kind of want to point out, though, Zenyatta is not just like the best DPS support. I think she's actually one of the best DPS here. Yeah, I actually think... Though, like, she's yeah. crazy strong. Like, yeah. so much... The damage is insane. I think. Yeah, that left click can actually yeah. do quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, with Lucio, I mean, he it's actually pretty awesome <laughs> Lucio like used to be with like super high damage no, I mean, when yeah. back in the speed, golden days when you're speed boosting Symmetra it's freaking amazing actually um yeah yeah so I, I think it's it's going to be interesting so you don't think Zenyatta is going to be played at all like in Hulk like you still would prefer no. Mercy over or no 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 oh, oh okay no just me personally oh you personally, personally okay. yeah okay, no okay. I think Zenyatta sees will see a lot of play I think yeah yeah I think we definitely will play Zenyatta but I mean we have one of the best Zenyatas in our team Mm-hmm. We used to play Zenyatta a lot, Chips Hein, but now he's playing. He's stuck on Mercy because Zenyatta wasn't that that viable with 150 HP. Oh, but yeah. I think with this change, I'm pretty sure Zenyatta also defense. Honestly, I think def- I personally always I don't even want to play Lucio or like with Lucio in my team. I I think mm-hmm. Lucio is not that strong, but it's literally just a speed buff. The ultimate charge mm-hmm. is too slow. He doesn't do a lot of damage, and I I prefer playing something like Mercy on Zenyatta. I really want to make this work, but. Mm-hmm. Those changes, I'm pretty sure. The only thing with Zenyatta on defense still is that if he dies, it takes a long time to get back to the point. But maybe because he's dying less, that shouldn't be as much of an issue, I guess. Yeah, I just see him. I see him being a complete game changer in like every team fight now. Um, you know, you're just if, if there's a Roadhog, you're gonna just put the Discord orb on him, call it out to your team, say, "Hey, Discord's on Roadhog," and now. Previously, Zenyatta would have to be behind the wall somewhere way back there, and Winston could kill him by blinking. Now he's actually going to be in the fray. He's not going to die instantly. You know, Discord is going to melt tanks. It's going to melt Genjis. It's going to melt Tracer. It's going to melt everybody. So yeah, Zenyatta's crazy now. I think. His attack. I think. Go ahead. Doesn't Anna's? Oh, sorry. Doesn't Anna's grenade just like counter Zenyatta's ult though? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So that might be an answer we see popping up pretty quickly yeah. too. You definitely seem to be. In some ways, guys, I feel like Zenyatta's attack. I, I almost think Zenyatta's attack mix with Discord is so strong that he's almost miscategorized. It's only because he has heal. I feel like that he's he's support, but I mean he he's almost an offensive character, uh, and, and because of that, I almost feel like his 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 actual attack is a little too strong. Um, they haven't done anything with his right click well, though. Like no, no. Yeah, thankfully, nothing has been done with the right click. But the right click, nobody even uses at this point. So it's because it's, it's it's like categorically worse than is, anything right? else you can do in nearly yeah. every situation. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting if they they take a look at that as a way to maybe you know balance him a, a little bit more um, if, if needed. You know, we'll, we'll have to see how it turns out. But definitely excited. Zinyad has been one of my favorite characters for a long time, and just haven't been able to play him. 
all right. Well, I just play him anyway, man. He's I have, but just I, then I just, just play him anyway. It's just tough though. Whenever you run into Winston's and, and Genji's and Tracer's and everybody, they're just all over you. Um, okay. I think that's going to be it for the, the patches There are patch changes. Um, I don't know. Any last comments on it? Anything that, Dude, it's just uh, it's just good to see Blizzard yeah. getting super active again. You know, yeah. in the beta, we had constant patches and, and updates. And obviously, they, they were very clear that it's going to slow down in the main release. Uh, but hey, look, they addressed they addressed the overtime issues. They're moving to one hero limit. The ESL tournament, which we're going to talk about in a second, is now going to use stopwatch on on uh, payload maps. Uh, you know, they're addressing the facts that you know Diva's underpowered. So Again, I'm going to come back to this common theme that Blizzard is totally listening to the competitive community and the community at large, um, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's just great, and I mean the especially the the one hero limit in competitive. I think from I, I've talked to the the team uh, a lot, or at least certain members of the team, and it, they've always seemed very receptive to feedback and always asking for it, but more so always just like saying straight up we don't know what the best format to play Overwatch competitive is going to be. We think it's this, but we're willing to change that. And this this instance really shows that they are willing to like make big changes. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I think there does need to be a lot of experimentation that uh, has to be done before we really find out the best way to do Overwatch competitively. So it's cool to see. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up for one here. So, uh, <laughs> that was enough. I, I hate to do it. I, it's what your show. Chris, what is but, this? Uh, uh, we are halfway through the show and we have like, yeah, so yeah. Much no, we're going. We're, we're de- definitely going. We're definitely going. Let's crew. Um, so real quick, going. Let's crew. Um, so real quick, ESL Atlantic Showdown. You know, they they made a, a change midway through the tournament, and and, and Hulk here is, is definitely playing in that tournament. Um, so they made a huge decision not to do one one hero limit uh, or, or switch it to one hero limit, and then start using stopwatch. So we just talked about one hero limit. Obviously, they feel this. You know, that one hero limit is the way to go with competitive Overwatch. But now let's talk about stopwatch. So was this a statement about format two, or was this just more of a practical thing where, I mean, the format before or the scoring format before was just so confusing that you know, we, we, it'd be hard to just suddenly change it to a, a brand new format that we have to re-explain to the audience. So let's just go with stopwatch because the audience is, is basically trained to know what stopwatch is. Uh, or is this an actual you know, statement like stopwatch is the way to go, like kind of like one hero limit? What do you think? I have no idea. I have no idea what Blizzard is going to ultimately end on. Yeah. I really wouldn't be surprised if they end up proposing something else, like perhaps time bank format for yeah. payload maps. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate that. I mean, time time bank and stopwatch really have the same qualities to them that it rewards how fast you go in a lot of ways. I certainly like stopwatch, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Blizzard ends up somewhere else. But I think really this is a response directly to to that ESL Atlantic showdown qualifier. Tur- those tournaments oh i mean how many matches on payload maps ended in draws time and time again there were some matches that went on two and a half plus hours in a best of five and that's just not how the game should be and like in my opinion this is a direct response to just how that tournament was unfolding which was yeah to change ugh. a format mid tournament uh, that's a big deal i mean i know this tournament is like a month long anyways but still 
it, it's a big deal to change it kind of midway through and it's thankfully they did change it because those days those cat oh my god jason and d-man and <laughs> they were so tired after some of those cats it was uh it was it was kind of funny watching them at the end of them actually but um yeah definitely a good change but we'll, we'll be curious to see what they decide uh, in terms of format Okay, moving on. Esports recap. All right, team news. So we did have a a big team. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a huge organization, but in the Overwatch space, it, it was definitely one of the the top, you know, five teams. And actually, recently, one of the top three teams. You could say. Uh, but Gale Force dropped what is now Code Seven. Dropped that roster, and um, you know, speculations as to what. I mean, maybe some folks know exactly, or I don't know. One of you guys know exactly what happened there. But um, it's pretty surprising because Code 7 is one of the hottest teams. I mean, obviously, not beating Envious, but beating almost everybody else, uh, especially this week. So Gale Force, you know, dropping a hot team, that's pretty surprising. So it kind of makes me think that it's just a money issue, you know, just a disagreement on, on I guess, how much you're worth. Um, it's going to be really tough for Gale Force to find a better team than right, that. I don't think yeah, there is a better team than that that's not sponsored right now. So it kind of seems like they they they've made a mistake, man. I think so. Um, letting that team go. They decided to drop the team, or did the team? Come I, I have on? no idea. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it could either way, right? I mean, even if they decided to drop them, well, I guess they could have dropped them just because maybe there's better opportunities they know of, like coming. Um, but you think it would have happened pretty quickly? I guess they're still taking taking some time. Anyways, it's I mean, I guess surprising. we don't know what their yeah. Yeah. we don't know what their pretty, situation is, so it's kind of hard yeah. to speculate. It, it at least looked like they only had a three month contract because it, it, I think they were only with Gale Force for about, about three months. So um, yeah, it's definitely good to sign shorter contracts, you know, and then renegotiate some good ones. And Hulk, what's your thoughts on that? Just as team right now, is it good to sign uh, like a six month, twelve month? I mean, what do you think is good? Depends. When you sign with Envious, you can you can sign longer, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, I mean. The general thoughts from many teams or many players has always been the game was is pretty young and was pretty young in the beta. Yeah. That you kind of want to go for like short contracts, but then again, it really depends on get offered where you where you land. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, you you don't you don't just want to straight off the bat like sign a two year. Yeah, I mean, right now it's it's yeah. still pretty early, right? I mean, we we still don't know Blizzard's grand plans for esports and i mean maybe some of the teams actually know some of it but you know we, at least publicly we haven't seen the the you know just the blueprint for it yet uh so you know still still might be a little early to sign like super long-term contracts uh okay I, I, I will say i do know tsm is looking for a team yeah that's true uh you know g2 is notably absent after picking up a team really early like there's probably like five or six mainstream esports teams that are actively trying to find a team right now. So I'm sure this Code 7 squad... There's a big reason why those teams didn't sign any team. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well... I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, well, why don't we move on to some events? Uh, it's obviously a lot of events going on. Almost too many events, to be honest, but we'll save that discussion for another week. Uh, but, of course, the early in the week ESL Atlantic Showdown has been going on uh, just pretty, pretty much beginning of both weeks. NA was uh, this past week, and uh, right now is is the European 
bracket, right? I, I believe that's going on this week. Um, and it's going to feed into GamesCon, obviously, in a couple weeks or maybe three weeks from now. Um, actually, Ben, you want to you wanna kind of run us through some of the event news here? Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, Chris, there's just so many events going on. There's the Ghost of Gamers Weeklies. There's Beyond the Summit, which just happened. We have Beat It. We have the Acer Cup. We have the ESL Qualifiers. <laughs> Uh, we just have so, so, so many tournaments, so I don't think we should uh, bore the audience with all of the results. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, thing to keep in mind is that the ESL Atlantic Showdown qualifiers, these are qualifiers for qualifiers. This isn't even actually <laughs> for the main thing, uh, right. but we do have our first eight teams in, and I think actually they've been playing today and yesterday as well, so probably a couple more as well. Uh, but in NA, you've got Envy, uh, Northern Gaming Red, Luminosity, Cloud9, no surprise uh, any of those teams really qualifying, uh, except for Code 7's really not in there yet. Mm-hmm. And then in Europe, you've got Misfits, SG1, Anox, and Reunited. Um, a little bit bigger surprises there. You don't see Creation, Creation hasn't qualified yet, for instance. A couple other teams still mm-hmm. looking to qualify, but um, this is this is pretty much the most, the longest ru- standing, longest running, most legitimate tournament that we've seen so far in the game, obviously with prize pool, it's, it's for the 100K tournament at Gamescom, um, but uh, also just in all the qualifications and, and how the, the fact that all the qualifiers are open, pretty cool stuff. I'm really glad to see that from ESL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really great for the community to have these open tournaments like that. And uh, we're getting closer to figure out who's qualified for the main qualifiers. Um, so still <laughs> lots more to happen there. Um, but yeah. the other, the main storylines for me this weekend is mm-hmm. Code Seven takes second in the Beyond the Summit Overwatch Cup, beating Cloud Nine three to one. Um, you know, NV one, but whatever. You know, they keep winning everything. They win everything whatever. Right? Like we don't have to talk about. But it. actually, guys. Code Seven <laughs> then went on to beat Cloud Nine again, uh, either one or two days after that. So, um, don't want to take anything away from. Code 7, but Cloud9 finally looking a little bit more human, a little bit more beatable. Um, they've lost to teams like LG. Uh, now they've lost to Code 7 twice. Um, and Code 7, man, they are on an absolute tear, looking mm-hmm. at, completely dominant um, in the mid-tier of teams and the, the high-tier of teams and making a name for themselves. It couldn't come at a better time, obviously, as they've just separated uh, from Galeforce. So major props to you know the TJO bros, Blue, <laughs> that whole team. They've just... Uh, They've really stepped up to the plate. Uh, and, you know, they've played well in the past, so it's not like a huge shock or surprise to see them playing well again. But uh, really impressive performance this last week from those guys. Yeah, Harblue actually had a really hot week. Like, he, a couple of those events, he he was just, like, crushing it. That Roadhog, man. Yeah, that Roadhog on a, on a few of those those matches were just, just amazing, or at least a few of those maps. And uh, it was really a big part. Like you said, TJO guys have just been solid the whole time. So it, I felt like Harblue's play kind of stood out a little bit more in terms of just being different than some other weeks. And Cloud9, yeah, they're just, you know, like last week, I think a lot of people just kind of wrote it off with, you know, they've been gone for a while, you know, just not practicing. And, you know, the format change back to single hero limit. Um, but this is like the second week now. You know, we've kind of seen Cloud9. And I still think that they're trying to adjust to the single hero limit like they still haven't figured out just even internally like like what everybody should be doing and and you kind of see it in the results you know a lot of it i mean i don't want to single people out but i think that sometimes it has to do with just you know reaver having a good game or not 
you know, I think Surefour is pretty steady for the most part. But, you know, Reaver, if he has a so-so game, they end up losing. And if he has, you know, just a, a solid game, they end up winning, you know, against teams like Code 7. So, um, yeah. Anyways, they're still trying. Another thing that, I, that actually stood out to me, yeah. I want to call it out, yeah. is uh, the most disgusting defense I've ever seen <laughs> on like, Toronto. Ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hulk. Have some mercy, man. What <laughs> was that a joke, the dude? Hell happened was, was, did y'all like plan on doing that, or was that was that troll or not? Was that actually no. mean? What happened was like this week we came up. Um, we used to have you know like payload maps, like full payload maps, like Dorado Gibraltar. Um, it's pretty cool, or it used to be pretty cool on defense on Gibraltar. It's way harder to make work, but um, to stand with your your team right in front of their spawn, pretty much, and, and engage in a fight. And we usually had a symmetry with us, and the, the pretty much the goal of the fight was like, even if we lose the fight, we have our Symmetra, like, um, let's say on Dorado, mm-hmm. gain enough ultimate charge. So we stop the payload for, let's say, 30 seconds, we fight, we lose, but our Symmetra either survives or dies, but has ultimate charge, runs back to the um, marketplace, and we have enough time to hold the marketplace anywhere where teams would just retreat and let us push for free, but we, we get our TP up. Um, hmm. So I f- I'm not even sure if we attack first, but usually our attack is pretty solid on most maps, so we're in a good place right now. So that we would make time, usually time four to five minutes or something. And just just having one fight in the front, keeping them from pushing the payload for like 30 seconds, which ended up the whole game. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it yeah. just gives, gives you another time to, you know, like other teams would just free push pretty much to the marketplace. But we yeah. can still fight in the marketplace after we respawn even. So that's pretty mm, cool, okay. and we just we just we just use our pretty much cough comp um, that we use in King of the Hill, and uh, yeah, practice it a bit, and it's pretty good if you coordinate it. Yeah, pretty good. If you don't know what I'm talking about, what was this? It was, uh, it was Toronto. Was it, was, it yes? It was beat it. It was beat it yesterday. The finals beat it. Yeah, it beat it finals. Uh, it was Envious versus uh, Code Seven. And was uh, a, envious. Was it the finals? I forget if it's the finals or not. Probably... It was more. It was more than a yeah, pub stomp. Yeah. You know, you've seen pub stomps where teams will like, you know, camp near the spawn point. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this. Like, <laughs> as soon as Code Seven was leaving the doors on Dorado, they would just all get instantly wiped. It was. It was disgusting. Timu um, was like killing people in spawns. I know, right? Exactly. Like, every single death yeah. boss. I mean, get like three or four people. It was. It was oh, terrifying. He, he had a couple kills in spawn, yeah, definitely with that. Well, with Chris, um, actually, you know, I think this is a decent segue. I know we're supposed to talk yep. to talk to Doe about Asia next, but why don't we just talk about uh, Envious a little bit? Yeah, yeah, with Hulk. Uh, so, Hulk, I mean, you you guys have just been the best team now for, I mean, four weeks, five weeks. I think just like, I mean, it might even be more, but definitely, I think hands down, nobody can even argue that you've been, you guys have been the the best team in Overwatch for that long. Um, how much of it has to do with you guys just coming over here and you know moving into the house and being able to practice just all together? Uh, you know, everybody keeps mentioning that in the cast. So I want to ask you if how, like, how much of it has to do with that. Um, hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously it always helps, but I think it helps us more in terms of, I guess, everyone of us kind of really wanted to move over to America and Envious is supporting us really great, which I guess makes us happier. 
in life, kind of, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But like the practice regime didn't change too much. Obviously, like um, it's really easy for us to to use programs like Place TV or something. And then, I, you know, after scrims, I can go over and we don't need to send out links. Uh, we can just walk to their place and say like, hey, watch over my game. And then we watch or in the gaming house, like right now we moved to our own apartments. We're still like neighbors and roommates. Mm -hmm. um, we live in two by two apartments or so, like two places together and we have three apartments. Um, but in the gaming house where we were for four weeks, we watched like cup VODs after, let's say, I think right when we move, moved over to NA in the gaming house, we played Cloud9 in the Alienware, like the, right the day, the same day. And we haven't even practiced with Tailspin from Europe, like one day maybe or something. So mm -hmm. we were in practice as a team. But so then we lost super close against Cloud9, but it actually helped. We all went to the living room and uh, watched all our games on the big screen and analyzed and stuff. So. That definitely helps, but I think the biggest part is actually us being, because I think we we played eight hours before in our old lineup and uh, Europe. I think that's that's good, but yeah, like everything outside, nice for us. So mm -hmm. I think that's a big part too. Uh, what part? I mean, what do you think that? How do you think your your actual team right now in terms of just? Uh, strategy and even just skill level in terms of, of all the the characters differs from the other teams right now like do you do you feel like you guys are just you know i've always thought you guys were more versatile just even individually it's particularly yourself like i think you're the epitome of somebody who can literally play all kinds of characters and switch depending on what strategy works the best and that allows you guys to like try out you know adjust and and adapt to other other teams and, and be successful that way um how much of it has to do with that so Okay. Um, I in in other games I used to always like be be that kind of player that um, you know thinks highly of himself or like thinks only <laughs> about his own skill. Yeah. Like in Overwatch, I always like try to stay away from it because like for me, like my motto right now is just pretty much uh, teamwork makes the dream work. So I really mm -hmm. don't think about yeah. our individual strengths, even though, yeah. well, I guess for my teammates, I mean, to me it's pretty obvious that Tasman right now is the best far player and he's mm -hmm. super good on McCree and different characters as well. And all of my teammates, I kind of, I mean, it's. It's probably easy to say that everyone of us has one or two characters where they're probably top three, at least in the world, I'd say. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about like Asian scene, but I think being as high up as we are right now, and you know, even if it's just like my Winston or something, being a good Winston or something, but I think our strength is pretty much team play, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's pretty much our core. Um, like we, we switched, I think, four to five different offense players since beta phase one. Right. We've always been on top, kind of. So I think our our, our probably mindset and uh, team play is what kind of separates us from... Because like, you, you see other players like Shofar, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty insane player, right? Like mm -hmm. he's an insane... Even like, I don't know, I respect so many so many players and it's really easy to see like... I think for me also good supports, but most mostly it's easy for everyone to see good DPS players and other teams. There's even, I mean, like you said, Hablu did really well. I mean, LG has crazy good players. Like, so many teams have really good players, but so it has to have something to do with team. Also, it's a 6v6. In other, in other team games, like 5v5, it's even more dependent on team, team chemistry, motivation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys, you personally have a history in Overwatch of winning, right? Because it's not just this Envy team. It's uh, going back to the previous IDDQD squad, that you were all part of uh, with Mendo and Tavik um, as your main DPS players. Um, and even before that, I have a VOD of you guys uh, 
on my YouTube channel, uh, Hulktastic Mix versus Maidong, <laughs> which is a funny mix back back in one of the early tournaments. Um, so you had this kind of core of yourself, uh, Harry Hook and Coco for now a long time. And Chip Titan. Sorry? And Chip Titan. We are oh, also, oh yeah. was he playing yeah, yeah. was he Sanchez in that tournament or something? Oh no no he he probably like okay. Hytastic Mix wasn't like a, a big team. That was pretty yeah. much my attempt to build a team and we tested like fifteen people. So we had to play cups and we had to see who's there. And I just came up with that crazy name. So <laughs> Yeah, so I guess my uh, my question is like, how did you guys originally come together? I mean, you mentioned that you're you, you're primarily a League of Legends player in your past. Like, did you guys know each other beforehand? Um, no. So, um, I pretty much knew a lot of good players from different games, from a, vi- a variety of games, but not not so those games. Like in beta, many people came from TF2, from TF2 and Quake background. That was pretty much full of ninety percent of beta players. So I didn't know those players, but I started off with some players who had rank once in World of Warcraft and stuff, but no one really ended up liking this game too much or putting in the effort to become good, or they just weren't as good. So I really had to like start networking and put every effort in uh, getting. So Harry Oak is actually funny. I I just literally saw him playing public a lot, and I was like nerding this game super hard, and he played Mercy. But it honestly, it's so hard to to like um, I guess understand it. But I really saw him being super good on Mercy. Like, to me, it was pretty clear. And so I just got into contact with him. He was on the Spanish team, but he recontacted me after his team um, disbanded. He was in the team with Bromas and Ringhaven from Reunited and Chris. And, uh, hmm. yeah, I mean, the other two was actually through a Reddit thread, which is kind of something... No way. Yeah. It's kind of no like... Way. What? I wow. mean, yeah, it's it, it was just like... We did for it, me, right? Yeah, <laughs> we, did. <laughs> we did it, Reddit. For me, it was a long shot. Like, I'm actually one of those players who go like, oh my god, no way I will ever write something on Reddit, Overwatch, looking for team. I'm too good for that. You know, like many people think like this, but I actually said like, well, nothing bad can come out of it, right? And then I got contacted by a person um, who had pretty much, who was trying to set up his own team with Chips and Coco, and I just uh, steered Chips and Coco pretty away from him. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, and... Okay, go ahead. So it was pretty pretty random, but to be fair, I also had contact with many other good people in top European teams right now to, uh, at that time, but it's just like pretty much Harry, Coco, and Chips personally really grow, grow on me, I guess, and, you know, we just, I don't know, it, it worked pretty well. And uh, to follow up on that, um, obviously with IDDQD, you had time, time on the roster for a while. It was the team that went, what was it, 55 and 0? Uh, for a phase in the closed beta. Um, obviously, you have good teamwork, good chemistry. What, what do you attribute your success to beyond just building that core roster? I mean, is it the sheer number of hours of practice? Are you practicing in a very focused way? Like, Why do you think you guys have become the best team on the planet? And you know, you've, ar- you've already been the best team on the planet once, and now you're doing it a second time. Um, I mean, I think personally a lot of it comes to team chemistry and also like uh, keeping a clear head. I really think like in esports and generally, or maybe even in real sports, like um, the the good teams, like you know, they can just like crush someone three zero. But the great teams, they can come back from like maybe zero two and like you know, a regain momentum. And I feel like we don't really have uh, any tilt issues. I mean, maybe slight ones, but like. The core of us always kept a cool head and tries to be like super professional. Also, yeah, during during beta we had uh, a lot 
a lot of our success uh, uh, contribute to our practice schedule, I think. And we were one of the only European teams back then to also practice against North teams and a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even we even practice against Korean teams twice. Uh, it's a bit harder to set up, and uh, they weren't really that good back then. So that's why we didn't continue. But I'm sure we will in the future. Um, so yeah, I think practice schedule mostly it's really team chemistry because yeah, I feel I hear it from many people from other teams. They have uh, diff- oh, also our communication. I think communication is key. Mm-hmm. I think we have pretty right. good communication when it comes to the game and pretty. Yeah, what's your what's your uh, practice schedule like now? Like how many how many hours a week? Uh, right this week we changed from eight going down to six hours oh, or day. different. Re- it's like I'm the only one who actually wants to practice eight hours, but then it's like the reasons behind this are pretty good because if we are practicing eight hours and our best strategies involve me all the time on Winston, but I'm the flex player, eventually I have to switch to a soldier or tracer or something or reaper. I might as well can use two additional hours to practice in ranked or something, um, spamming those characters where I can improve my. And also mm. we, you know, it's the same for a Reinhardt player or both support players. Mm. Okay. So, but we will see in the future. Maybe we go back to eight. It's actually awesome. Yeah, Your machine. Uh, well, dude. More than yeah. Th- thanks for the uh, the background there. Um, I think we want to talk to Doe a little bit about Korea, but I I do have a final question for you. Who is whose roommate out of the three apartments? <laughs> I know the answer to this. Um, Tailspin was my roommate, but he moved back uh, uh, home because of family stuff. Um, so I'm alone oh, right now. That. Yeah, I'm alone right now. Um, time when Harry nice. Hook. Yeah, time when Harry Hook and. Um, Chips and cocoa. Okay. Got it. Good deal. All right. Well, yeah. Why don't we uh, have Doa? You know, you're you're obviously over there in Korea, and um, I am. We don't get a chance to watch too much, you know, Asian Overwatch or Korean Overwatch. And um, honestly, like I've I've been, you know, reading your articles and seeing your tweets in terms of just you know, you know, just how Overwatch has been doing at the PC bungs and things like that. So, uh, yeah. Why don't you give us a quick. Uh, update i guess on how overwatch is going over in korea as well as uh you know maybe an update on the whole uh, wounds team because i know uh that that article you wrote yeah. just a few weeks ago was a it was a great article well it's a really cool situation um i guess i'll uh, i'll just talk about overwatch in general briefly first but mm-hmm. the uh the game just is insanely big in korea right now and i can i can really only speak to korea because that's where i live and that's yeah. the scene i know um, I don't have as much about other Asian regions. I know it's getting very big in China, but uh, as far as Korea specifically, uh, the game is massive. It uh, overtook League of Legends in PC Bong rankings really quickly, and uh, people might not realize why that's important, but in uh, Korea, games are mostly played in internet cafes. It's kind of rare to actually have a home PC that you play on. Generally, people get together in this because uh, kids can avoid their parents making them do homework all the time. Uh, <laughs> you can play for like a, the equivalent of about a dollar an hour, so it's really cheap. You don't have to buy an expensive PC. You can just play one that's already great. Um, so it's so what game is big in a PC bong and on that ratings is really what game is big in Korea overall. So the fact that it overtook League after League had held the top spot for something like 402 weeks, something like a you know. A, a huge amount of time was uh, was very surprising. I didn't think it would happen that quick, and I didn't think as big of a gap that's been created would be creative. But uh, it's a good start. It's a good, really good start for the the game in general right now. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about League of Legends and PC bongs being first by a lot. I mean, like, uh, what was the percentage of between first and second before Overwatch came around? 
Uh, I think League was something like 30 plus percent ahead of uh, the second place one, right. which generally was sudden attack. Um, and now Overwatch is something like, on the average day, six to eight percent above League, I think, last time I checked. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a massive transition. And, and like, when I tweet about that stuff, people think, oh, well, he's just like crapping on League and all that. And that's not that's not what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm not trying to be like. He's oh, look how crappy tester. League is. I know, obviously, <laughs> I, love, I love League of, League of Legends. Exactly, yeah, I love League. I, I still I still cast, you know, like a dozen games of League of Legends a, a, a week, you know, and it's still a great game. This is important because if you look at it objectively, it's the first major shift in competitive gaming in Korea in the last four years. That's why it's important, and that's why I tweet about it, not to, like, mm -hmm. take a dump on League, because I don't want to do that. I like League of Legends. But uh, it is really interesting to see uh, the game be so successful so soon. Uh, teams are starting to pop up. Woong has his teams. And if you're unfamiliar with who Woong is, he was a very famous League of Legends player uh, back in 2012 through 2013. His team, CJ Frost, that he created. Well, they at the time, they were Maximum Impact Gaming Frost, then they became Azubu Frost, then CJ Frost. But they took second place at World Season 2 uh, against the Taiwanese team and uh, were very dominant in the Korean scene early on. So he started a couple Overwatch teams, um, just some players that he thought were good. They weren't really known per se, but uh, he thought they had potential. So he owns a house. They all moved in there and they all made an agreement together to essentially give up everything else in life and become Overwatch monks. And they practice from <laughs> 11 a.m. to 4 a.m. every single day. And that's not an exaggeration. That's just what they do. I've been to the team house. I've seen it myself. 4 a.m.? Oh my 11 God. 11 a.m. to 4 a.m. Every okay. day. They, uh, they scrim at their sister teams. So you've got Mig yeah. Frost and Blaze again. You just use the same names, which right, I think it's kind of silly, but he, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, they just scrim against each other and that way they can kind of keep their strategies secret too. They practice a little bit with the other teams, but not, not that much, you know? And they've gone from being regarded as pretty bad to now uh, lately they've become like the best two teams in Korea. So the practice is definitely paying off. Yeah. I mean, it's insane to actually, I, I posted the link in chat just a second ago um, with the, the graph of PC bong ratings in Korea. And it's totally crazy because it's not just league. That's like tumbling down as overwatch goes up. It's every other game too. Mm -hmm. Overwatch is eating market share from literally every other game in Korea, and it's it's the biggest game in PC Pogs now. And you know, it's maybe slightly unfair because League of Legends free to play, whatever. Uh, but you know, obviously you have to pay for Overwatch, so I guess there's a little uh, bit of an extra incentive. Actually, but... I mean, uh, well, I mean, you don't have to pay for Overwatch in a PC Pong. You yeah, pay, right. exactly. Like a, exactly. You do you do pay like an extra twenty cents an hour to play it, but. Oh whatever yeah. who cares <laughs> yeah, right not much. and then uh, it's absolutely yeah. insane you i never you, expected this ever yeah you the, here's really one amazing. interesting thing though um no I, I i thought it would be competitive with league i didn't think it would overtake it this fast but one interesting one thing that's important to note with overwatch being free and pc bongs is that uh it doesn't necessarily give it a big inherent advantage over league because of that because in pc bongs in korea league of legends has all champions unlocked when you play oh, so it's league is essentially free as well in terms that you don't gotcha. have to buy any champions if you play it in pc bong so they're kind of on the same ground there mm -hmm. people like to say oh well i mean you know league is free and, and overwatch you know 
Overwatch has this extra discount, right? So that's why people are playing instead of League because they don't have to buy the champions. Well, you don't have to buy the champions either if you play League. So they're kind of even up on that one too. So who's running all these tournaments in, in Korea right now? I mean, is there an equivalent to like the Gosu Gamer Cups that we see for NA and EU? Uh, there's there's various online streaming platforms like Africa that are running tournaments. Um, Inven is a huge mm, gaming right. website right. in Korea that uh, they're streaming some stuff on too. <laughs> yep, Twitch I know is getting involved as well. Um, uh, right now, the biggest tournament in Asia is a tournament called Nexus Cup, and it's uh, China versus Korea. And uh, right now... Frost, uh, Mig Frost is already in the finals. They uh, crushed uh, IG, which is a, a pretty famous Chinese organization in the other games yeah, like League yeah. of Legends, Dota. Dota yeah. um, but they they crushed them. I watched them in the, in the winners finals match, so they're in the finals. And now IG is playing uh, UW Artisan, which is the formerly best Korean team before Frost got really good. Hmm. And so I would imagine it's probably going to be a Korea versus Korea finals in this tournament. And that's kind of the biggest thing going right now until other tournaments may happen to come up in the future. May may come up with some organization that somebody might be working for. <laughs> you, n- so, you never know. You never know. So there is activity. Um, yeah. Is there a land finals for this, or is it all online? Or uh, I don't know. I think this one's online. I'm not 100% sure. The finals are on the 17th, um, and just given the logistical issues, because it is China versus Korea, it's been online up until this point. Um, and I think it is for the finals too. But hey, if it's two Korean teams, maybe they'll maybe they will do it in some uh, live studio setting. Is there I mean, a ping disadvantage between China, or like a huge one? Um, I don't think there'd be a very big one. No, uh, it's not like going from NA to Korea. Like NA to Korea, or vice versa, is, is pretty big. But like China mm-hmm. to Korea, since we're talking about probably like Shanghai, Beijing, probably isn't too bad. It'd be like across the U.S. type of thing, I guess, like distance-wise. Yeah. yeah, I would guess maybe yeah. you'd be dealing with like 60, 70 ping, yeah. perhaps. Okay. Not too bad. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, what's, what's the word on the street out there? Like, what's the sense you're getting? I mean, obviously, it's huge in PC bongs, and I think that's pretty indicative of where the game's going to go. Like, do you know if, like, the big leagues are going to try to pick it up? Like, do you, are, are the big existing esports teams courting the, the top teams? Like... What is your expectation for the game in Korea? Because, you know, coming from a Western standpoint, we certainly expect that Korea is going to show up and take or at least try to take our lunch money pretty soon. They have a big <laughs> deficit to make up. But if they're, if they're practicing 15 hours a day, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I, I think um, I think right now, obviously, the teams in NA and EU are better. But uh, I don't think they're I think if you look at the top top korean teams like if you look at mig frost um in the state they're at right now and uw artisan uh they can be competitive and it really is the fact that these guys just like practice way more than anybody else um that gives them that that edge and that's what's that's what's always kind of given korea the edge right is that they just simply practice more than anybody else you know and they don't they don't kind of take vacations really. They don't, which, have, they don't which, have a life outside of I mean, it. Let's just be honest. That's the thing. They don't have it's a, a double edged sword, right? Because they're really, really good at these games, but uh, they're also, you know, they don't have a social life. Uh, there are negatives to this too. So I think Korea could dial it back a little bit personally. I don't think it's good for these kids to be playing as much as they are. Um, but there is no doubt that it certainly does produce like the best gamers ever. So, mm-hmm. so how, how far away do you think we'll see? Basically, invitations to Hulk and, and NBS to come over there and play in 
in a land invitational because uh, we've seen it. I mean, I've seen it in, in, in other games where whether it's a Chinese event or even a Korean event, you know, OGN in particular, you know, having the, these big events just to, just to pit, you know, just uh, teams, best teams from one side of the world against, you know, what they have in Korea. I think uh, it would be great to see something like that. Uh, and OGN did do that back in League of Legends. I mean, uh, yep. you know, CLG EU took second in one of the seasons of Champions way back in 2012. So there is precedent. Um, I think we'll just have to wait and see what happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely good. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, whether it's this year, I'm thinking next year for sure. There'll be, you know, you know when Blizzard's I think announces whatever they're going to be doing, uh, we'll we'll see the regions come together for just a global championship, right at BlizzCon this year. Obviously, probably a little late for that, but there could be still some kind of cool event though at BlizzCon that involves. I'm sure there'll be region. something cool. Yeah, something something that will involve that at BlizzCon. So maybe that's the first time we'll see uh, just all the regions kind of come together in some some type of event. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts, Hulk? I mean, do you have any? Do you have a lot of experience with uh, just the Korean scene, or um, you know, do you do you even bother paying any attention to it right now, given that well, you know? You... I'm not a classic FPS player, so I actually mm -hmm. come from League, and before that, I played oh. SC2, so okay. I actually yeah. respect them a lot. And I mean, honestly, <laughs> it goes for me as well. But like, I just respect work ethic a lot, and I'm not. I'm not really like. I don't really fear them, but I fear like their work ethic. And if they outwork us, then they eventually become better. I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, so I mean, I think obviously you guys are right putting now. in a lot of work right now too. Yeah. With yeah. the results yeah. you've been getting. But like when I hear this, I want to work harder. You know what I mean? Like it's. You just have to. It's cool. That's great, man. Perfect. All right. Well. Um... I think that's uh, about all the time we've got, uh, just at least for the topics. I figured we'd save a little bit of time for some uh, uh, Q&A for uh, Hulk and Doa here. So if you have any questions, um, why don't you put them in the Twitch chat today instead of tweeting them to me? Actually, let me see if anybody tweeted. A lot of folks are just used to doing that. Uh, in the meantime, tweet your questions in Twitch chat, and we'll, you know, we'll, kinda, we'll ask them. And Let's see. What is this? For the record, I do want to say too that like yeah. I think when we do have those first international competitions, yeah. I think uh, I think NAEU is probably still going to take him. I think it's going to take like a, a year. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I, NAEU are the thing. miles ahead of Asia right now. I would love to see a hugely popular esport where the Koreans don't dominate. Like I, I mean, it's nice. <laughs> yes. It's nice for me being in the Korean scene and getting to cast you know the best players in StarCraft Two and StarCraft One and League of Legends, uh, but. It's I I've always wanted you know a more uh, global sort of level of competition where you know you really didn't know who was going to win worlds you know where in league you know a Korean team is going to win worlds. I mean historically, just at least in the recent history, the most successful esports have been the ones that have started in, in here in NA or in Europe, and they've had CSGO. dominant teams in the very beginning, and then the Koreans kind of came back. You know, League of Legends, well, CS:GO, yeah. Dota, even Dota, right? I mean, so it's it's. I think that's the I mean, trend that we've seen. Dota is kind of funny because uh, Korea doesn't even have a server anymore. They closed <laughs> down the Korean Dota what, 2 server. Really? Yeah, yeah, they closed it down a while wow. ago. Wow. And the Korean teams and uh, that one, what, MVP, right? They're still winning. Like, They're still good. <laughs> oh exactly, yeah. Wow. They're still really so good. It's the work mm -hmm. ethic, man. I mean, people yeah. talk about, like, oh, the infrastructure, oh, they only play on 4-ping and all that. But really it is, they just play so much more than everybody else all right test test 24 has a question for hulk who's your favorite hero to play in attorney 
in a tournament. Yeah, just favorite. It doesn't have to be best or anything. Probably Winston. Cause <laughs> of doing, course. Yeah, yeah. I'm so effective, I guess. Mm -hmm. Winston or Reaper, I guess. Are those characters I actually play. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you on that one. Jumping on a Mercy is, is like <laughs> probably the best thing anyone can do. And he's the best at doing that. So, so good right now. Uh, people are asking, a couple people have asked already, Doa, uh, if there's an English cast for these o Korean tournaments. Hmm. Dude, you got to get on this, man. Just just do it. Just find in, a way. Make it happen. In, be in between my League of Legends and Hearthstone and like everything else that I'm doing, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to, squeeze, Come on, Eric, I'll try to squeeze something in, you know? You got this. He's on our show. Isn't that enough? Uh, I'll put it on the list. You know? <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, Zinga asked, uh, or Jay Zinky asked, where's Shade? Oh, Shade's uh, in the process of moving right now. That's why she wasn't able to make it tonight, guys. Um, I see one question that I can answer. Yeah, real go quick. for it. Go for it. Uh, somebody asks, is Kegori on any pro Korean Overwatch teams? That's one of the uh, really good uh, female players we have here in Korea, actually. Oh, yeah. And right. she, she is. She's on a UW Artisan, which is in the losers' finals for that tournament that i was just talking about the the nexus cup so there's a really good chance that uh, she'll be in the finals playing against me frost was she the zarya player uh oh, yeah that's yeah, right yeah yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there's uh, uh kikari and akaros are mm -hmm. the the two uh girl players on artisan mm -hmm. then we have uh this is acer asking uh personally i feel like ultimates charge too fast have too much impact any opinions on that i would just give that to hulk yeah any thoughts I mean, especially Mercy on Life Server has that problem where she charges way too fast. I think it's it depends on the hero complete. I feel like Lucius ulti doesn't change fast enough, maybe or super balance while Mercy charges too fast. Um, it really depends on the hero, but yeah, certainly some. I but think in general, not not too fast overall. Only on a few characters. Mercy okay. charges really fast, yeah. But in general, I think I think it's fine. Okay, let's see. Um, it's well. Here's one that's more for a catch. So, Craw Cook asks, "What do you think about single hero limit from a casual competitive player? How is picking a hero phase going to look like? Should there be drafts?" Oh, okay, yeah. So, I, I guess what what do we see in the future for, for like whenever there there will be more and more uh, heroes? Actually, here's another question too. It's just. Do you see Overwatch getting to the point where there are 60, 50, 60, 70, 80 heroes? Or do you think it'll always be at a smaller number than, say, like a League of Legends? I don't know, two, three years from now? Absolutely. Why not? I don't see Blizzard. I think Blizzard is going to support this game for the next five to ten years, it, given how well the sales have gone. Well, I don't think it's so much of a support as much as it is just even difficulties so. to design. Like, I mean, yeah. I think so too, but... Uh, I, I'm not so sure there's going to be as many heroes as in like a your standard MOBA. Um, I kind of see Overwatch more as like a fighting game where yes, totally. you have you have all you have your stock you know group of heroes and you don't really want to change it because it changes the game too much when you add something. So I, I actually hope they don't release that many heroes. I'd rather see new maps and new game modes personally. Mm, okay, Hulk, what do you think? I feel like. Uh, Overwatch can use like maybe 10 more heroes in the next two years or something like slowly but yeah don't go up yeah. to like 100 or something yeah like if you have 30 40 or something if the game is here for like two three four years or something yeah and uh, I guess getting back to Craw Cook's question uh, do you think 
drafting here, you know, hero drafting and bands and things like that will is a, no. a Overwatch thing or no? I hope not. I, I don't think I don't think there's any need for bands or drafts in Overwatch. I think one of the beautiful things about the game is that you can play whatever you want and you can change to whatever you want at any time. And that's really where the depth of strategy in Overwatch is, is changing your composition on the fly and not being limited in doing that. So, yeah, I don't think there's ever going to be a place for a draft or a, yeah. a band phase in Overwatch. I hope not. Okay, uh, let's see... Last question. Um, oh, what do you think about ranked games ending in ties? Or we didn't talk about much rank, but we'll we'll definitely touch on rank mode next week, guys. Given that's that's a very long discussion too. Um, but but just I guess to answer this question, rank modes ending in ties. That's always terrible. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody likes ties. Period in anything. So uh, doesn't matter. Getting fixed. <laughs> yeah, it's getting Woo. fixed. So it doesn't matter. Never seen it. Always won. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, I guess that's going to be it, guys. So uh, why don't we uh, do some shout-outs? Uh, pleasure having you on, Hulk. Thanks a lot for, uh, you know, I, I know I cut in a little bit into your scrim time, so really, really appreciate yeah, no that. Um, you want to do Thanks some shout-outs? You want to do some shout-outs? Um, yeah, shout-out to Envias. First of all, to my teammates, Chips Hyen, Tailspin, Taimu, Coco, and Harry Hook. They're all amazing, and without them, obviously... I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be uh, living the dream right now. And uh, yeah, I'm just like one part, one sixth of my team for our success. So thanks to them. Uh, shout out to Envias and all our sponsors, Monster FX, Zoe, Scuff Gaming, Illegado, and NZXT. And um, yeah, I guess most, yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for everyone who tuned in and everyone. Which, yeah, everyone who's rooting for Envious. I know I've heard people saying, even in the IDDQD days, it's pretty boring to watch you win and stuff. But <laughs> I mean, we're trying our best here. And, uh, you know. Hey, it's not so. your fault it's boring. It's everybody, It's all the other team's fault that it's boring right yeah, now. So, exactly. Yeah, that, I can't really. I was pretty it. entertained by your absolute <laughs> merciless <laughs> slaughter of Code 7. <laughs> I was glued to I was a little bit scared by it. I had trouble sleeping. Yeah, was... Please don't do that again. <laughs> Today in scrims, they ask us to, to take them out for dinner next time before well, we play them. <laughs> we, we, one thing we did forget to mention during all that is that Code 7 even GG'd early in that game because of what happened there. I would too, man. <laughs> I wouldn't was... have I wouldn't have lasted as long as they did. Yeah, so that was pretty amazing. And it's nice to see also Hulk that, you know, somebody that actually knows how to plug their sponsors too so uh (laughs) kudos for that Uh, doa thanks for uh you know thanks for coming on the show too obviously first time and you know you're across the world so um and no you have a full-time job too you know being a caster and everything so thank thank you for for uh, coming on the show and hanging out with us a little bit my pleasure man it's fun yeah do i get to do shout outs yeah of course any shout outs you want to do okay i just want to shout out to my great co-casters here at OGN because they're awesome. And uh, so we built something great here and we appreciate it whenever, when, uh, whenever anyone watches our stuff. And uh, yeah, so just keep watching OGN. We have the best League of Legends cast, that's for sure. And <laughs> we may even, uh, there might even be something with Overwatch coming someday. Who knows? Might happen. Who knows? You probably do. You <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth, whatever that means. I plead the fifth. All right, Ben. All right, Ben. Uh, great show. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks to everyone who's watching. Make sure to hit the follow button here. Yeah. Uh, we're trying out a slightly different or very different time slot this mm-hmm. week. 
Um, I think it actually works better for most of yeah. us. We, we might actually just stick with it. Yeah. But let us know what you think about the different time. It's about, uh, what, uh, six, seven hours later than we did it previously. Mm -hmm. um, so let us know what you think. And, yeah, we'll see you in-game. Uh, and plenty of tournaments to watch, man. There's so much going on. <laughs> uh, definitely go watch the ESL qualifiers. They're going to yeah. be continuing. And I think that's, that's going to be the super hype, fun thing to be watching. Uh, over the next month or so leading into Gamescom. So stay tuned to that. Oh, yeah, and go subscribe to the Competitive Overwatch mm -hmm. subreddit if you haven't already. It's a little bit more focused on uh, the competitive side of things as well as esports, um, if that's that tickles your fancy. So, yeah, it is really great. Yeah, while we're waiting for, you know, esports to make some kind of segue in the main our Overwatch subreddit. You know, we're definitely competitive Overwatches with the place to absolutely be for just all the latest news and everything. So definitely check that out. Um, thanks to the three of you guys for, for doing the show with me. Uh, obviously, it's a lot of fun and I really, really enjoy it. Thanks for all the viewers for watching. And uh, for those of you that like to or, you know listen to the show and maybe miss some of the show, uh, this show will be available on iTunes and Google music podcast so definitely ch uh, you know go get on your phone check it out uh, leave five star ratings if you enjoy the show too because it really really helps other folks find the show too the vods will be available um by tomorrow morning i probably won't get it up tonight since nobody's gonna be up anyways so i'll uh, i'll have it ready for you guys in the morning you can check that out youtube.com slash chanmanv uh, as well as all the other past episodes too if you missed any and um yeah, that's going to be it, though, guys. So for uh, Internet Hulk, Doa, Fish Sticks, and myself, Cham V, we'll see you next week. Later.